Let me entertain you. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Let Me Entertain You, where I take you inside the minds of musical theatre. This is part two of the Helpman Awards special podcast at the After Party. I catch up with Isaac Hayward, who was awarded the 2018 Helpman Award for Best Music Direction, recognising his work on the hugely popular original production, Muriel's Wedding, the Musical. In addition to being musical director, Isaac also wrote the orchestrations, arrangements and additional music. This is Isaac's second nomination and first win, which makes him at the young age of 26, the youngest to receive this Helpman Award. Isaac is from the Central Coast and began his professional career at the age of 17 as co-creator, music director, arranger and multi-instrumentalist of The Rock Show with the late John English. Since then, Isaac and his talents have been in demand. He's composed music for TV shows, conducted symphony orchestras and arranged the music for pop stars, the 90s musical, just to name a few. Isaac has also been musical director for three live cast albums, all of which have gone on to be nominated for Aria Artisan Awards for Best Original Cast or Show Album. I caught up with Isaac hours before he boarded a plane to New York where he will make his Broadway debut as associate conductor in the exciting new musical King Kong that will open at the Broadway Theatre. Without further ado, my guest. Isaac Hayward. Isaac, we're here at the after party of the Hiltmans and I've been able to grab you for a tiny second before you actually go to New York, which is incredibly exciting. Isaac, you and I go way, way back. We're in community theatre back at the Gosford Musical Society for years. But I just want to say, first of all, congratulations on, first of all, your nomination. And now you are an award winner, Hiltman Award winner, for your uh, musical direction of Muriel's Wedding the Musical. That's right, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, It's pretty cool to win. I I was nominated two years ago and I didn't win. And thankfully I wasn't at the ceremony to lose. (laughs) And thankfully I was at the ceremony to win this year. So that's handy, isn't it? (laughs) Do you remember where you were when when you were actually uh, heard that you got nominated? Yes, I had just woken up. Um, People had messaged me overnight and I was still in New York so I heard about it. I think I woke up at like 6 a.m. Um, with a full bladder and got the message and then went back to sleep and then replied to everyone in the morning. So was it shock that put you back to sleep and sort of thought, okay, wait, is this really happening? I need to go back to sleep and sleep on this because, of course, the time difference was there. No, it's just more like fuel for my pleasant dreams, I think. Um, I, I was a bit groggy, you know, as you are at 6am and I'm, I'm more of a late riser. The days are quite long there, so I was probably getting it about up at about 9am, so I got the news and sort of had some pleasant dreams, probably. I'd never remember my dreams, mm. but 
had some pleasant dreams and woke back up and then went, oh, that's right, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's pretty cool. Because we should also say you were nominated for Ladies in Black and that's what you were referring to before. I mean, even just to get nominated at that stage, to get that nomination must have seemed grateful and humble. Yeah, I was very lucky. I was also overseas for that. I was on a holiday overseas when I heard about that and... Um, that was that was mind blowing. I I didn't expect that at all, um, and it was great for S, uh, for QTC to put me up for that. And um, you know because it it um, I, I think it costs them money to, to nominate you. I think I'm not sure how it works, but you know a lot of companies don't nominate their music directors, and they nominated me. So they really they really showed that they recognised my efforts on that show. Um, and obviously that's happened again, and I'm, I'm so fortunate. And I think that's where I'm sort of sitting in this position, watching you after all these years, you're growing up with you, being around you, telling you you're great. But, of course, my I don't mean anything. <laughs> but obviously being in this stage where, you know, I've seen your career go. So let's start from the beginning, because I do want to talk about New York, which is why I've grabbed you for a second, because you're leaving on a, a plane tomorrow, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, so let's start from the beginning. You, you're obviously at GMS, um, Gossip Musical Society, um, around. Hallowed of uh, P- Peter Rutherford is another one of ours. That's right. Um, there's a couple of others. I guess Jimmy Rick sort of hit, uh, hit the tracks a bit, hit the yeah, boards Amy a bit. Campbell, I think, is also a Gosford local, and Erica Lovell, obviously, is working mm-hmm. for MEAA. Mm. Um, a couple so of us around. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Rob Carlton, who's a mm-hmm. friend of mine, now lives in Avoca. I don't think he ever did the amateur thing, but comedian actor. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of people from up and and really this is where you began your professional career from there because of course you knocked around with Stuart Smith and that became what's known as the Rock Show the, with the late John English. That's right. Yeah, um, Stuart and I met because I was playing keyboard on a production of Paris that he was directing with Andrew Swan, and uh, I must have said something semi-funny or unusual and took a shining to me and we struck up a friendship. So <laughs> I think that's kind of how it how it developed. Also, I'd, I'd known a couple of the other people in the cast prior to that who he was friends with, so that helped as well. Mm. And what did it feel like at 17? I mean, were you still at school at that age? I was, yeah. I was in my last year of school when we started work on the rock, rock show, but our first show, I, I just left school. Wow. Yeah. It was... Um, it was it was great. I I mean, you don't really think no one ever thinks of themselves as a young person. Mm. But, well, they do, but they you only know how old you were previously. So you're the oldest you've ever been, <laughs> and that's how I felt the oldest I'd ever been, and that it was a great opportunity. Mm. And it's interesting because you were part of the team that went and did Paris again in, in um, Melbourne. That's right. It was a very different experience. Um, and with our experience, Stuart worked on the show as well um, as a consultant and as an assistant director. And we really uh, remodeled the show and really sort of like took all the elements apart and rebuilt it. Um, and it resembles the cast album most closely out of any other version, I think. Uh, it's real privilege to kind of look at it in 2018's eye and um, and and restart and get the opportunity to put on a production that showed our version of the show and how we thought it should be told. Mm. Did you also find that you had such a different perspective because during that time is I'm assuming it's about 10 years, is that right? 
seven years, ten years. Yeah. Do you find that obviously you've grown as an artist, you grew as a person, did you've actually moved on and, and taken that wherever you've gone with other jobs as well? Um yeah, it's, it's not something you often think about, but revisiting something like that certainly makes you realise how much you've learnt in, in, in the time since you've been absent from it. And I know if I, if I listen to the Rock Show CD, which I have occasionally done, um, I see it in a completely different light to how I did when I was performing it. And that's, um, that's a really valuable thing and it, it makes you realise that you're still progressing and you're still learning and something that I never want to stop doing. <laughs> no, and I should also mention Joe, that's now in High Five. I'm so Joe sorry. Hello. Joe Pillow. Joe Pillow, yeah, was also part of the rock show from memory. Is that it right? It was, that's yeah. right. Uh, it's been and awesome. And GMS. See, yeah, it's yeah. been awesome to see him yeah. succeed um, in this way. And I think High Five such a, a, a great gig for him and he's, he's in Malaysia at the moment, so I haven't been able to see him this time I'm in Australia. But um, we still talk. We were just talking about um, some industry stuff today mm. on, on Facebook. And, um, yeah, he's he's really just taken off in the last mm. year and a half. And I don't want to get too much into it, uh, you know, in respect, but the late John English was a mentor of yours. Um, was that difficult at all to approach or did when you were doing Paris again down in Melbourne? Well, it was such a shock when he died to everyone. Um, no one was expecting it, really. No one was expecting it at all because um, John's such a soldier's on and he very rarely shows any kind of weakness. And um, uh, when we were looking at it again, we had his son, Jonathan Sora English, help us with his father's vision of the show and help help to steer us to what his father would have wanted, um, which is a very important factor for us in the execution of Paris because often it aligned with what we wanted. It was just a bit more clever. So wow. <laughs> it, it really helped us wow. figure out, you know, how to separate things and to clarify the concepts in in a show that's that's been meddled with a lot and um, and has had a lot of different versions. Mm. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Also, I want uh, I wanted to touch on you are leaving. You are leaving us. You've come for the Helpman Awards. You were there last night for Act One, where you won spectacularly. Um, you've come for Act Two, and I've seen you at the after party. So, where? do you see yourself now? Tell us about what's happening right now, which is so exciting, which is, means that you, we're losing one of our best sons over to New York. We knew it was always going to happen. We were hoping it was a little bit further on, but we can't keep you here because we know how talented you are. So what are you doing in New York? Well, I actually don't see it that way. Um, I think just because I live in New York doesn't mean I can't also work in Australia. I like certainly when I <laughs> certainly when I moved to Melbourne, it seemed all of a sudden I got all these gigs in Sydney. Mm. So um, I'm sure there'll be a bit of that as well. But in New York, I'm I'm sort of starting from scratch again, which is refreshing and it's a it's a good check on on uh, who I really am as a person and. Uh, you have to be you have to be a, a good human and a, and a good player you can't just uh, you can't just go by reputation which is which is refreshing it's nice to be anonymous um, in the industry as well it's um, 
it's very refreshing and I'm, I'm working on King Kong which is um, a Broadway show that's opening later this year as a, um, a keyboard player and an assistant conductor uh, which is great. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Broadway ways, the way of doing things, because it's quite different to how we do it here, and there's a lot of different rules, and uh, it's heavily unionised, and I, I, I'm sure I'll be working with incredible players and in, in an incredible environment, in a in an ecosystem that's that's quite different to Australia and quite a lot larger. So I'm I'm really pleased to be there and to be given this opportunity. To, um, to work over there. I think it's absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm, we all collectively, obviously, wish you the best. I also wanted to um, touch on the fact that you have done a lot of cabaret shows for a lot of people. What kind of cabaret shows were you doing in the midst of Between the Musicals? Oh, um, well, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of uh, cabaret for some time. My, ro- my, my most recent cabaret gig was actually in the States with Queenie Van Der Zandt, who did a Joni Mitchell show, and um, that was produced by Neil Gooding, who's a good friend of mine, and um, I was looking for an MD to do it because the Australian MD was unavailable, and it just so happened that I was closer because it was in... Um, uh, Stanford, um, California. So I played for that, and I really enjoyed that. But um, prior to that, um, I've I've worked with Michael Fowles on Kath Alcorn and um, Rhonda Birchmore as well. Um, done quite a bit of cabaret back in the day. Uh, certainly, it hasn't been a particularly recent thing. Although in New York, I recently did a uh, like a cabaret event for King Kong where I, I we played solo piano and vocal versions of songs from the show and that's great because I've I've always thought that piano is such a great instrument for accompanying a singer and there's a freedom with having so few people performing that um, you can make offers and suggestions to the other performer in a, in a way you can't do with more players. And you really have to work hard to create a, a texture and an atmosphere for the singer to perform in. So that's what I've always tried to do as a, as a cabaret pianist. And everyone does speak highly of you. Now, King Kong, do you, did you actually see the version in Melbourne? I did, yeah. This is quite a different version. There's a new book and a new score, so it's almost as different as you could get, except that uh, it has the same creature technology. So Sonny Tilders and the um, puppet team have have replicated what they're doing in Melbourne over in New York, but with different music and completely different books surrounding it. So it's it's almost an entirely new show, which I think is for the benefit of the production. I think, I mean, I remember hearing about King Kong. I never actually saw it myself, but I knew it had legs. I remember seeing the actual um, the media spotlight where you had to see um, Esther Hannaford obviously singing her songs, a couple of the others, and I thought, my God, this is brilliant, and the animatronics and the actual Kong itself. I mean, just hearing about it, and I know nothing about the show, technically what's happening in America, I'm incredibly excited. What is the feeling like over there for bringing such an Australian show overseas? Because, of course, you're looking at Baz has got Strictly Ballroom. He remade that. You've also got uh, Moulin Rouge happening with global creatures as well. Um, is there a lot of excitement over there for the Australians to come over? 
Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, there's certainly, more than anything, there's a curiosity about how it's going to be done on stage, I think. Um, for, the, for those of us who have seen it in Melbourne, it it's kind of a given that the the monkey, the, <laughs> the gorilla is incredible. But for people that haven't, um, it's really a larger-than-life tale that they're trying to tell. Um, obviously, the Australians producing it and the English people directing it and supervising it um, are not, like, regulars on the Broadway circuit. I think this is Carmen's first venture into Broadway. Carmen's the lead producer. Um, so I th- there's probably some some scepticism, although I haven't I haven't encountered any. It's mainly it's mainly a case of just going, how the hell are they gonna pull that off? And I've heard the monkey is amazing. Mm. So hopefully we live up to that. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. And now back to Muriel's wedding. What was it like when you first heard that they were possibly turning this into a musical? Um, do you remember where you were when you were called up and sort of and offered the, the job? The first time I heard about it was um, when I was also in New York on a different trip and I was asked if I wanted to work on a workshop back in Sydney at SDC and there was no music director at that time and I <laughs> willingly said yes, having worked with Caden Keir and Simon before. It was a team that I was really keen to work with and I learned all the music on the plane and uh, arrived at about 6am and was in rehearsals at 10am teaching the cast the music. So um, it went really well. We, we made a lot of changes to the score straight off the bat just to interface it with the dialogue better and for that workshop we had about 10 we had 10 people and we did the first 40 minutes of the show and that's all we looked at and then um gradually i i guess i became the obvious choice for the md from that point onwards oh isn't that fantastic yeah it's really great um yeah, it was it was totally thrilling, and it grew out of something that I I didn't necessarily expect to to germinate in. I mean, a Helpman Award when I was asked to just play piano for it. And what was it like holding? I mean, knowing that now, what was it like holding the Helpman Award? What does it mean to you? Um. Well, that's uh. Uh, it's always been something that I consider a, a huge honour um, from from watching it from afar for years and years and years. And um, I, I was nominated amongst some some real talented people who have done a lot of time in the industry, um, as I was in 2016. And um, I guess it's it's important to me that my work on Muriel's wedding is is recognized because um, I worked so incredibly hard on it and took almost everything that I had to get that show over the line and uh, I'm immensely proud of it so it it yeah it feels right in a way and I'm, I'm really I'm really really proud and on it do you know where you're going to place it no, I don't have a lot of furniture at the moment, so... <laughs> it's going to go to New York with you? Yeah, it's going to New York with me. I've just cleared out a bit of room in my suitcase, threw a few things out. 
well, Isaac, I can't thank you enough for giving me the time. And like I said, you're hours away from catching a plane to New York. I am absolutely incredibly excited for you because we go such a way back. And congratulations on all your hard work. And chookers, chookers for New York and, of course, with Global Creatures and King Kong. Thank you so much. Isaac Hayward, the 2018 Helpman Award for Best Music Direction for Muriel's Wedding, the musical, won five Helpman Awards. King Kong is said to be the most advanced puppet to be on Broadway since The Lion King. I want to thank my guest, Isaac Hayward. I want to thank my guest, Isaac Hayward. This has been Let Me Entertain You, Inside the Minds of Musical Theatre. Listen, subscribe, tell your friends, and most importantly, go and see a show. Nice to be in orbit.